Welcome to the seventh episode of VSTML 2021 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Hamstone and joining me as always is a Canadian who is described by anyone who he annoys as an embarrassing shit, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What the bloody hell are we going to do suspicion-wise in this episode? I have no idea. <laughs> I was sat there watching this episode this afternoon just going, oh please, for the love of God, let Renee go. Please, for the love of God, let Renee go. Nope. There goes my number one suspect. Since like day one. Since day one. It's quite impressive doing the, the update to our suspicions graphic, and it's just, line of red for me, line of red for you. Because she was in your top three every week. Yeah, the, the whole tunnel busy really got activated this season for you, again. Yeah, and my entire notes are basically written like Mariah is the mole, which is hilarious. Until the final seconds? At one point, did you start to panic? Was it when it was just the two names? No, it was when it was Mariah getting the red screen. <laughs> because th the execution had such a weird vibe. It felt like Rick was going to pull her aside and go, but there's a twist. But there's a twist. Michael can still potentially be right about who the mole is. Yeah, Michael can still veto this execution. <laughs> I'll pay 5,000 euros for that. <laughs> of their money, obviously. Of their money, I was about to say, out of your money just to be right. <laughs> I'm not paying my money to rig Vidim. Not this time. So previously, the final five lamented Josh's departure in a bullshit twist before a mysterious bus ride, so Discord. That came to fruition at the Open Air Museum, where Renee outlasted the rest to earn the right to stop herself and two others needing to see their screens at the execution. She chose Mariah and Charlotte, and when Rocky and Penfold saw green screens, everyone was safe through to episode 7. And the episode title is literally Clue. The board game? No, it's the Dutch word for Clue. Oh. Not Cluedo. Not Cluedo. Oh, they call it Cluedo in, in the Netherlands? Well, we call it Cluedo in the UK, so therefore that's right, but I don't know what they call it in the Netherlands. Probably whatever the Dutch word for Clue was. But yeah, <laughs> they for once show us the episode title before the credits, and for some reason it's it's Clue. And we begin seeing that Charlotte and Rocky apparently have a bond, and as I have in my first bit of Schadenfreude for the episode, this means one of them is going home. Now what does it mean, huh? Does it mean they're final three? I don't know, because the last time we saw a um, an alliance scene... The very next episode, we saw another alliance scene from that alliance, and then one of them went home, which was Penfold and Josh. So maybe they're just setting up for one of these two to be the final four boot. For the love of God, it needs to be someone from Michelle's team, because she cannot have three of the final three. That's just not happening now. Who do you have left? Penfold. Oh, man, you're... Uh, well, I think Splinter's going to win the season. Based on all of the green screens and the fact he had two Yokers, didn't play either of them. I mean, that's a pretty confident move. It's pretty ballsy. Pretty ballsy for the only male in the group. I don't really care whether he's the winner or the mole right now, I just need someone in that final three. So Michelle doesn't get a whitewash. Yeah, for the past couple of weeks I've been thinking, Splinter's going to win this season, Splinter's going to win this season. This episode he's like, eh, I don't really need the two Yokers on the final five quiz. He can't bring them into the finale, right? No, no, he has to play them next week. Yeah, I was thinking that'd be too much of an advantage for one finalist to just hang on to their yokers for dear life until the final quiz. Score a 32 out of 30, or 42 out of 40 on the final quiz. Because otherwise, we'd then end up with a potential situation where in Colombia, when you could open your uh, your yokers to potentially find an exemption, you could have an exemption going into the final test if you really wanted to. It wouldn't be worth anything. 
They think that Renee suspects Mariah and correctly guess her tactic of saving her mole. Apparently Josh went 100% on Rocky or maybe Charlotte. If they made it to episode 7, they said they'd trust each other and share information. They rule out Penfold as, just like Rocky, he goes gung-ho on the assignments. Rocky says she's in a Renee tunnel. Charlotte tries to discourage her from this, but what she said has made Charlotte suspect Renee a little too. And they are still in Kootenahora. Rick says that it was a bittersweet execution for Mariah, Renee, and Charlotte, as they know that one of them should have gone home. And one of them will. Yeah, and spoilers for the rest of this episode, one of them does. Is it too early to just be on one suspect? No, you're at Final Five. Did anyone go straight ticket on this quiz? Or just Mariah? Mariah was the only one who had one suspect, right? We don't know for certain, because you don't know how reliable those confessionals are. But let me have a look at my notes. Rocky might have gone straight ticket on Renee. Mariah seems to have gone straight ticket on Charlotte. Yeah, it's just those two. That's crazy. I can't recall a time where three people were still spreading on the final five quiz. No, and one of them was spreading on three people. Three, yeah, they rule out one person. They've literally ruled out one of the other four people. So it makes you think, is are there going to be multiple people who are daring enough to spread on the final four quiz? I mean, if it gets you through to the, the end, is it a terrible tactic? Depends how confident you think everyone else is. But yeah, it depends if you think everyone else is spreading too. Because if it's like, well, if you know at least one other person is spreading, then you can spread as well. So, we begin on day 13 in the Open Air Museum. Did you recognise this? That's the Tar Australia 1 underground task? Nope, it is, in fact, where they did the final assignment of last episode. <laughs> oh. It was the grounds where Renee was running around and winning. <laughs> so we had... That task on day 12 at the Open Air Museum. Then we went back to um, to that museum where they did the test and execution and had previously done the um, the knowledge assignment. Then we went back to the Open Air Museum on day 13. This time inside it. It's almost like they're running out of locations. I guess during COVID, I mean, things change, right? Who knows what could have happened in those 13 days? There could have been an outbreak at one of the next locations, so they had to stay in the same spot. Yeah. I flagged this with you earlier in the week. I don't know whether it's the right place and time to do this now, but how much credit do we give them for filming during a pandemic? Gotta get some credit. I mean, if they got away with nobody getting COVID or spreading COVID and they were able to... I mean, they kept away from the general population. Actually, come to think of it, they haven't... They've stuck to really remote places for the past two episodes, right? Yeah, we did see some some tourists at the end of this episode in the um in the maze where they were doing the execution i think it was but they stayed far away they did, there wasn't any direct contact between the contestants and the tourists right it wasn't like a crowded place or a market or something no we've not seen them talk to anyone outside of the group since the photo challenge yeah yeah the photo challenge in Berna. yeah so i'm guessing something must have changed because that's a long time to what was that three episodes ago Lakshmi, Lakshmi's execution. So, yeah, three episodes ago was the last time they've had any interaction with the local. I think you give them a little bit of credit for being able to successfully film in a pandemic, but the thing I will say is this episode, more so than the rest of them, is very grey. There is not a lot of variety in the landscapes in this episode, and it is very noticeable compared to the rest. It's a very... Because during the Burnout Challenge they had, it was all... 
it was really good weather and they were able to just go around town and interact with people. Everything was all bright. The same with the tour guide challenge where they had to do the sneaky missions to fool Renee <laughs> of all people. And now, yeah, now it's gotten the very industrial. I mean, last, I mean, last episode they had the locked, they had the, they had the prison challenge and they had running around in the industrial area. Then we have three challenges that all take place in industrial areas or warehouses. Yeah, it just feels very grey and dank and dark, this episode, I think. It is kind of an, a foreboding storm for Mariah going home, I think, but you have the open-air museum, which isn't the prettiest of places, let's be honest. Then you have that random industrial estate where they do the Jeep challenge. And then, yeah, you have the pretty house, but it doesn't counteract the first two being so similar landscape-wise. And three episodes ago, too, they had the elevator challenge. So something's definitely had to have changed if now it's been three episodes of... To go from multiple tasks interacting with locals to now nothing for three episodes. There had to be some sort of change. I mean, things changed very quickly due to COVID, and it wouldn't surprise me if over the span of a couple days it's, oh, got to do our backup challenges now. So they are back at the Open Air Museum on day 13, this time inside it. Rick says that they can earn money by raising clothing items from the room behind him. They were split into two teams, one in the mine breaking rocks with a hammer and chisel, and the other in the locker room, opening locker numbers that the miners find. They have to raise any items of clothing that match what was in the lockers. Each correctly raised item earns them 25 euros, but any incorrect ones left down at the end will cost them 10 euros. They can earn up to 1,750 euros and have 45 minutes. Now... Where would you put yourself as a mole? Well, I said right away I'd want to put myself underground because that's the whole flow of information. You're completely, like, if you're upstairs, you can't do anything without the help of the other groups. So if you're the mole, you want to be underground. I think it's less important where you are and more important who you're with for this challenge. Because I don't think it matters where you are as long as you are on your own. As soon as people start splitting up, as soon as people start individually going back into the mine or individually going into the locker room or individually going into the clothing room, that is when the sabotage happens. And everyone was individual during this ch- for a chunk of this challenge. No one was able to be accountable for other people. Exactly. As soon as they start splitting up, the mole absolutely thrives in this challenge because they had to raise 130 items from the floor out of a possible 200 to earn 1750 they raised 48 correct items. Well, Splinter was on his own because he was the only one who could move really quickly. I don't know what Renee was doing during the challenge. Charlotte typically went to the walkie-talkie. Rocky was running back and forth between places, if I remember correctly, and then Mariah just stuck behind Smashing Rock. She was in the most suspicious position. Again, <laughs> it's like, this is exactly how I would play this challenge, and Mariah's choosing that spot. <laughs> exactly my thought as well. I'm like, there are two massive sabotages in this challenge, and both of them are pretty much done by Mariah. <laughs> and she did the moliest one, reading 660 as 099. That's the moliest thing that happened the whole challenge, and you're telling me she's going to be executed by the end of the episode for that? This is what I mean. This does not make sense. And I know people are going to be absolutely howling at home listening to this going, you guys were so wrong. 
this is why we never profess to be good at guessing who the mole is. You, I've done reasonably well. <laughs> I believe we worked out that we're pretty much even now, actually, on mole guessing. I don't think so. Compared to Belgian mole and Euroan? Yeah, but then you didn't get Rob, for example. No, well, we went to we switched to Rob at roughly the same time. We didn't. I switched to Rob at least two weeks before you did. Who was I on before Rob? Um, Buddy, I think. Buddy or Malushka, I guess? I definitely switched to Rob before you did. Okay. You can't claim Rob, sorry. Um, if it's Belgian, I, I, I've done well with Belgian mole. We never profess to be any good at guessing moles consistently. We're good on some of them, we're dreadful on others. And I will say now, I am absolutely fucked for the suspect list this season. There is no way I'm winning Dan Peak's suspect list. I am screwed, in summary. So, Charlotte, going back to her point from last week about her being, like, four foot five, says that you have to duck in the mine even with how small she is. Mariah finds first code, which is 394, and Charlotte goes to pass it on. The walkie-talkie for the mine is outside the mine, as there was no signal inside, obviously. Classic mole sabotage if they accidentally brought the walkie-talkie back in, but they didn't. Second code is 789, and the third is 1199. Charlotte passes on the first two correctly, but says the third one is 91191. Penfold and Renee tell her to slow down, and surely that's the best tactic for the mole, is to just rattle off these numbers... Encourage them to rattle off the numbers, accidentally misremember the numbers, open a few wrong lockers when nobody's looking, bring up a few wrong items when nobody's looking and when you're on your own, that sort of thing. There's so many mole potentials in this challenge. She then, when asked for it again, changes the last one to 1191, which they obviously can't find because it doesn't exist. By the time that she goes back into the mine, they found another five codes. 141, 326, 328, 950, and 955. A sabotage from Mariah here when she says that it's 50 euros per correct item, so 11 codes wouldn't be enough. It's actually 25. Rocky thinks that there's no tags left, potential sabotage. Mariah doesn't trust her, so goes back and checks herself and ends up finding another two in the rocks. Penfold comes and checks on Renee's pulling and spots that she's raised a wrong item, potential sabotage. Charlotte adds 785 and then says it makes no sense that they can't remember six codes, even though the human brain can only remember ten numbers at once. Fun fact, that's why phone numbers are ten numbers. That's why I learned that from The Simpsons. I learned that from uh, Stephen Fishback on uh, Survivor Token Tunes. Beyond this, I can't remember if I, re- if I referenced this already from The Simpsons, but uh, actually, did we talk about this last week? About the phone number scene? Don't think we did. Yeah, where maybe I was telling Jeanne about it. Where where they split they split Springfield into two area codes, and then everyone's like, "Oh, what? Well, now we have to remember ten numbers instead of seven. And then the city planners, whoever decided to split the the town into two area codes, made them watch this video about how easy it is. And then they say, "A monkey can remember ten numbers. Are you dumber than a monkey?" And then Chief Wega says, "Well, how how big of a monkey are we talking?" <laughs> So this is kind of what it's like with the 10 numbers. So, Charlotte decides to leave the mine and help them search with 18 minutes left on the clock of a possible 45. Rocky adds 344, Mariah finds two tags, 660 or is it 099 and 1109. Charlotte finds 74, which I think is the last one, that's the only one that's not actually mentioned. 
Rocky decides to go help with the searching, leaving Mariah in the mine alone. She then hits the rocks, doesn't find any more plaques, and leaves the mine just as the time hits zero. Rick says that he wouldn't trust any of them to do his laundry. They raised 48 correct items, but 82 wrong ones were left on the bottom, giving them a total of 380 euros of an, in theory, possible 1,750. What a mess. Yeah, I don't know if the mole had to tilt the table too much in that challenge. Now, literally anyone could have been the mole in that one, I think, because there was potential for everyone to sabotage. Because no one was held accountable for each other. No. Nobody did the classic mole tactic of sticking in groups. You always have to make sure that someone else can't sabotage it, otherwise the mole will run ragged. Especially when there's four of them in that big room. When there's four of them all pulling chains, all it takes is the mole to just pull some, let some more down, that sort of stuff. And they win. Yeah, I mean, they did make sure that they earned whatever it was, like 20 or about 20% of the possible earnings? Uh, 22% it was. Yeah, so... And that seemed like a... It didn't seem like the most the toughest challenge in the world. No, I think they definitely should have done better than 48 uh, correct items being left on the ground. They should have had a lot more picked up than that. Because that means that the mole raised 22 of the correct items. The mole raised nearly a third of the correct items away from them. Yeah, they ran rampant. This was the mole's easiest challenge for the mole to just do their thing. Even if Mariah hadn't been left in that mine on her own, that is a major clue that it isn't Mariah in the fact that somehow the mole managed to raise 22 of the correct items. And of course, as soon as they're raised, it's much harder to get them back down because you don't know which chain leads to which one. I think so. Future advice, if you have a challenge where you want to hold each other accountable, don't split off as five solo people. (laughs) It's just absolutely baffling. It's kind of funny because they were initially split into a group of two and a group of three, but that did not stay intact. And I'm not sure you really need three people in the mine, being honest, because you need one person hitting rocks and one person communicating. What I would have done is had one person hitting rocks, one person communicating, two people in the locker room, because that's probably the hardest bit when you're actually searching for things, and then one person immediately in the clothing room. And then you just shout up what type of item it is to them when you bring it up. And you have one person constantly in the locker room, one person ferrying clothing items up the stairs, and one person staying in the clothing room. Yeah, it just sucks that there's that one person that still has to be unaccounted for. It wouldn't have helped that much, because you still have to not put the mole in a key position to be able to sabotage there, but you got a 1 in 5 chance of the mole not being able to raise 22 of the correct items. So at lunch, they discuss the pot again. Penfold is asked how much the pot is. He says €8,015, but at this point it's actually 8025 Charlotte asks what the aim for the episode is money-wise, and they all say the maximum amount of money possible. So for the second assignment, they travel to Cladno and meet Rick at an old industrial estate where Rick is standing by two jeeps. And I've literally just googled this. It is 100% an abandoned industrial estate. For the second assignment, they have to search the area for 50 crates with words on them at five points in the old warehouse. There are places for them to put the crates to form grammatically correct Dutch sentences. It does not matter if the sentence itself is correct, just that they are grammatically correct. 
Each place also has two crates, which must be used. Any additional crates placed correctly earn them 30 euros for the pots for a total of up to 1500 euros. I actually spotted a hidden clue in one of the sentences. What was that? Uh, one of the sentences, I believe, said Mariah is probably the mole. It was, you know that Mariah is the mole. And if she hadn't got executed, my joke for that would have been, yes, we do know that Mariah is the mole. You know that Mariah is the mole. Yeah, that was one of the sentences. I'm like, oh, there's another clue. Confirmation bias. I do think there was a clue in Rick's speech, I have to say. Because he specifically said that the sentences just have to be grammatically correct and not actually factually correct. And... It may just be me going, please let me win the pool this year. But four of the five people in this final five, we heard boxes from. We did not hear any box from Penfold. There was no box with his name on it. And therefore, a sentence like, Mariah is the mole, could not have been factually correct. None of them could have been factually correct in that case, because it would have been him. I like how in the first challenge, I described it as chaos when I was writing it down in my notes. And then the exact words one of the contestants uses for this challenge is, it was chaos. <laughs> and the thing is, we've mentioned this sort of thing before. This sort of a challenge, not the most interesting for us to talk about. We are going to be yadda yaddering the shit out of this challenge because it is a little bit boring. I think we've said this before that any grammar, like spelling challenge and making sentences, I think we said that last year during Renaissance where we, oh yeah, it was the barrel challenge in the finale where we really had nothing to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say point blank. I don't care about the sentence challenges. I don't care about the grammar challenges. I think they're very boring. I don't think they're very interesting. Oh, actually, what was it, last week we said it? We definitely said it for the Renaissance barrel challenge because we rushed through that one. But I mean, like, they had the challenge where they had they were on the different cliffs and had to paint the pictures for each other and make sentences was that two weeks ago that was two weeks ago yeah and that was that was at the start of the really stupid josh boot episode yeah because we said that we i think our exact words were grammar and sentence challenges are just not exciting to watch we said that that week too and then two weeks later we get another one they're just really tough to it's it's not just it's it's tough to follow even if it was ever even if all the contestants were speaking english <laughs> So the fact that there's a linguistic barrier on top of a challenge format that's not terribly exciting to watch, it's a it's a double whammy. I think this one also has the disadvantage of being in a very bland grey place. Like th This location is everything you think of when you have the banner of mole in an ex-Soviet country. Yeah, it's too bad that they couldn't find, I don't know, a bright, shiny amusement park or something to do this challenge. <laughs> There is also another potential Penfold clue in this, apparently. Take it with a pinch of salt, because it comes from Bran. But he said that the episode title can also mean to point, and apparently there was one point where Penfold was sat down and two arrows were pointing at him, and they were added in post. Apparently that graffiti did not exist, it was literally put in by the editors. Ooh, that is... That's a pretty damning clue. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, because I didn't have time to go back and try and find the graffiti picture, but I have to be honest and just say these things. We're so lost right now, we'll take any clue we can get. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Watching be fourth place now, and Michelle get all of the final three, I'll be so annoyed. 
So Penfold stays at the sentence placement area while everyone else searches. Mariah finds a the box and is instructed to bring it back. They're mainly looking for basic words like is and the. They also need the subjects of the sentences, which are names of people. In other words, four boxes, everyone's name apart from Penfold. Charlotte says that she intends to watch Penfold, so heads back to the sentence formation area. Everyone just comes back with cars full of boxes. If they pick up a box, it's got to be used. Charlotte keeps telling them to load up potential mold action. Interestingly, Mariah is the only person to bring back the word mole, and she does it twice. Charlotte takes over the sentence forming and actually breaks one of the nameplates, and as is said in the confessional, it's a little bit chaotic. They go looking for the word with. Rocky says that it's not like a song request where you just say it and it appears out of thin air. Mariah tells them that mole candidate is all one word, so he's absolutely fine in a sentence. Then says there is absolutely no order. It's almost like there's a mole there. Sentence one ends up being, you know that Mariah's the mole. Sentence two is that the loser Rocky is probably a red screen. Sentence three is that Charlotte is the next pot of different money. Sentence four is, but the season is absolutely right. And sentence five is, Renee seems like a mole candidate. Rick says afterwards that they had a strange strategy, hoping that words were in the field. Only one of the five sentences was approved by a linguistic jury. That means they only earn 150 euros of a possible 1500 for the pot. So about 15% of the episode's money they've been able to get, and these aren't all-or-nothing challenges. This is... Yeah, so this this is not good. No, and I'm pretty sure it was the first sentence that was the only correct one. You know that Mariah is the mole. Which, as it turns out, was not correct. Grammatically correct, not factually correct. I have a feeling the grammatically correct, not factually correct thing is going to come up in the uh, in the clue reveals, by the way. Oh, and that's so odd that they missed four out of five. How do you have... Four out of five sentences fail when you have five people who use... Uh, it's not like they're using a f- their second or third language. It's they're doing these sentences in their first language. It wasn't in Czech, right? <laughs> I feel like the strategy here is beyond the sentence formation and do exactly what Charlotte did of going, just bring as many boxes as possible. We want as much money for the pot. And then all you have to do is make sure that... There's one error in each sentence. That's literally it. And then everything goes to shit. So Charlotte and Penfold have a debrief. He's not sure what they did wrong, and she says that she wasn't really paying attention. They agree that they went about it the wrong way, and Penfold describes it as an embarrassing shit. And then we get one of the funniest scenes I've seen in Venom in a long while, which is Penfold trying to close the box. He was. He did not have high expectations for the group. <laughs> At the start of this season, we were a little bit confused that he brought himself a money box to try and force himself as the treasurer on the group. This is why everyone brings a wallet. Because if you bring a wallet, it's actually built for money, and you're not cramming stuff in and struggling to try and unlock it. Can you imagine the final episode when, it's, when they have the final challenge? Okay. You earned 800 euros, here you go, Splinter. And he goes to open up, and he's trying to close it, and then it just snaps open, and all of the euros go everywhere for the grand prize. This is what I mean. That could genuinely be a sabotage, because that sort of thing is not that exact thing, but that sort of thing has been a sabotage by the mold before if they've been treasurer, in that if those physical notes are not there, they do not count for the pot. 
and some of the euros when they fly out of the <laughs> out of the box it'll it'll fly back to Vondel Park faster than Renee can. And the even better thing is he shows us how he locks the box. He takes the key out, he puts it in a diary which has a number lock on it like he's a teenage girl trying to keep her elder brother out of her diary. Well yeah, no one wants to read his crushes. If there is one person in this cast who I had to guess had a secret padlocked diary to keep their brother out, I would have guessed him. Mom, my brother's reading my suspect list again. Now he knows who I think who the mole is. And there's also no indication that he uses that as his actual mole book. He could have another book with him and just has a big-ass fake book to lock one key in. It's just a decoy. Yeah. It could be a decoy diary. <laughs> Never know what the mole can pull off while I'm sleeping. Actually, the other thing that we didn't see is that the the bunny box has it has a handcuff looped around it so that when Splinter sleeps, it's attached to his uh, to his hand. And he swallowed the key, so the only way to get the key for the handcuff is to make Splinter purge too. So that's another that's another safeguard. Let's be honest, if you had to guess at the start of the season who has a handcuff with them, it would probably be Josh. Maybe that's what he willed behind. You know how some contestants say, oh no, I'm gone here, you can have my hat, or you can have my lucky charm after I'm eliminated. Here, Josh just leaves behind handcuffs. It just absolutely stinks of Josh when you start mentioning handcuffs. Yeah. It's a very James Bond thing to do on its downtime. Then they head to the Kooks Spa on day 14 for the final assignment. We don't even get an introduction. Instead, we see Mariah, Penfold and Rocky doing silent disco moves to Dancing Queen for Renee and Charlotte to identify within a minute. They are not allowed to lip sync or sing along. And there are 20 songs. Each one correctly identified earns them 100 euros for the pot. This was such a simple challenge, you didn't really need to explain it. It's just perform the song. It's, it's charades. You don't really have to explain charades. And it is also a direct copy from Belgium, Vietnam. Because we, yep. di- we did have a very similar challenge to this in uh, in Vietnam. And didn't they use Dancing Queen for that one, actually? No, Dancing Queen, yes. was, a- Dancing Queen was Axel on the, um, on the massage yeah. table. It was, it was Yuri singing Whitney Houston. I can't remember what song it was. That's really going to annoy me. I can't remember what song Yuri was singing, but it was definitely Yuri doing it. And they do not get Dancing Queen anyway. We don't even find out the second one, not that it would have helped. The third song is Say a Little Prayer, they get that one. The fourth song is Who Let the Dogs Out. Charlotte gets it after literally everyone gets an all fours. This was very nearly our banner this week, but last time I did a very similar banner to this, YouTube got a little bit pissy with me and claimed that it was pornography. And Charlotte and Renee also seem to be a little bit obsessed with the song Swing When You're Winning, because they guess it about three or four times. Jackal, jackal, it's a jackal. It's a hippo. Hippos and elephants are the only animals that have these tails. Uh, they get song five, which is twist and shout, and then Charlotte and Mariah swap. Mariah gets song six, which is single ladies, the easiest one, I think. Yeah, that's a yeah. You can either do the dance or show a ring on your finger. Yeah, that one, that one. There'd be some mulling there if they didn't get it. Yeah, but of course, this sets up. Probably the funniest line of the episode when Renee says in confessional, she's never heard of it, but she assumes that it's an advert for Charlotte. <laughs> I heard that. Too. What an absolute bitch. 
I'm sure she thought that this was really endearing, but it was really rude. Yeah, single thing. Put a ring on it. I think that's an ad for you, Charlotte. You're desperate, right? It's like Renee has absolutely no filter, because this is the second time that she's been really rude on this season. And the first one was when she compared Josh to a bin. Well, do you you know what uh, Renee's Instagram username is? I do indeed, and it is my favourite Instagram name I think of all times. So I don't think this is too far out of line for her, I don't think. No. I think she's very blunt. I think it's very funny. Hey, Shirley, you know how many... You've been on like 20 or 30 bad dates in the past year. This is this is your jam. Song 7 is another very easy one, which is 9 to 5. Mariah gets it from Bedfold's impression of Dolly Parton. I, I mean, yeah, it works. I think there's easier mimes to do for 9 to 5. We had Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, we had Black Eyed Peas, Where's the Love? And there was another one as well. They didn't get that one out. So Penfold and Renee then swap for Song 11, getting Gangnam Style. Of course, Renee has never heard of it and thinks that Gangnam is a gang, because of course she does. Yeah, you know those suspicious Korean gangs pretending to be horses? They get song number 12, but Renee seems to have been singing along, preempting Rick's announcement at the end. Song 13 I've never heard of. And then Mariah gets probably the hardest one, I would say, of the English language songs, which is Savage Love by Jason Derulo. Yeah, that's the only song, other than the Dutch ones, obviously, that I didn't know from this whole list. I would not have gotten Savage Love, cause I, and that's crazy, because I know like four or five Jason Derulo songs off the top of my head. So the fact that it's not even in the top, in any, in a, in the top five for a more recent artist and they still got it is very impressive so maybe that song is just big in the netherlands but not elsewhere it does have a distinctive dance definitely but i'm not sure you would get it from the dance well i don't know the song exists so that makes it tougher well, no i mean i mean you generally i don't mean you because you know canada's just about reached the 1990s but i think a lot of these have distinctive dances but then you have ones like nine to five doesn't really have a distinctive dance you could kind of get it from the typewriter tapping and things, the bit, for example, or doing an impression of Dolly Parton. But I don't think you get a lot of these from the dances, which is interesting. See, Savage Love by Jason Derulo only came out eight months ago, or the music video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a really recent song because he had an awful amount of trouble with the, the guy who he sampled on it. The guy who he sampled on it um, went big on TikTok, I think. And then Jason Derulo did a cover of it without getting his permission and ended up with him being credited as a writer on the track. See, 118 million views. So it doesn't even have that many views for the YouTube era. No, it's massive on TikTok. And 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 I feel impossibly old saying that. But yeah, it's massive on TikTok, which is why you've never heard of it. Yeah, that, that explains it. I'm not on TikTok often. They get song 15 when Charlotte starts smoking and drinking and Mariah knows her Dutch music. Now, did you hear, and this is genuine, about the controversy in this episode? No, I don't know. There is, what was the controversy? Enlighten me. So the first I heard of it was right before I was starting to watch the episode, I noticed that they'd released a statement on Facebook and Twitter and stuff saying, in episode 7 of Who's the Mole, you can see a fragment of which we're ashamed. The candidates came back to it immediately after the game because they realised it was hurtful. The entire segment should not have aired in the broadcast. We realise that this has hurt people, and we sincerely apologise for the mistake. The broadcast will be adjusted as soon as is possible. Apparently, and I was watching out for any controversy, apparently Mariah 
made a potentially racist gesture. She didn't mean to make it, but apparently she made a potentially racist gesture during one of her guesses. And here I thought the most controversial this season was going to be Josh's execution. Or us losing our main suspect. Well, yeah, that as well. But apparently Mariah made a potentially racist impersonation during this challenge. I did did not spot anything racist. I thought the controversy was them guessing Michael Jackson on the It's Raining Men clue. I'll be honest, it crossed my mind as well, because I didn't know what it was until I looked it up afterwards. But yeah, apparently um, Mariah did, um, did make a racist gesture during one of her guesses, which is why I bring this up now, because she's about to swap out with Rocky. So Rocky and Penfold get Don't Stop Me Now. They then get these boots are made for walking eventually, but miss the next two that we don't even see. Penfold then, of course, gets It's Raining Men as the last song, and he says he was in his element. And Rick says that they had fun, but some people get miming, meaning that they earned 800 euros of possible 2,000 for the challenge, 1,330 of a possible 5,250 for the episode, and 8,975 of a possible 34,550 for the season so far. 34,500 is the max? 34,550, yeah. Assuming that no greedy bastards spent any money in uh, in the knowledge assignment. Oh, okay. So really they would have been close to half, around 40% earnings? They would have been on 43% had nobody spent any money. That's So this was a really bad episode then. <laughs> yeah, as it happens, they're on about 26%. 26% for, the, for this episode. No, for the season. Oh, for the season, with the deduction. So that deduction made a 14% difference to the possible max. Yikes. This episode, they're just a smidge over 25%. Yeah, so they've really gone on tilt ever since they spent that 5k, because I think their percentage before was like close to 60%, which was ridiculously high. So overall, they're doing pretty typical, even with costing themselves 5,000 euros. They're still online with what it usually is for a Vidim pot. But they're all really annoyed that they're not still over 10k. Well, yeah, because they were already over 10k. In the confessional during the lunch uh, the lunch scene, Renee is still visibly pissed off that they are not above 10k. Uh, I mean, there is a chance they don't crack 10k by the end of the season. I think they're going to, being honest. I think they will in the finale. That seems to be the tradition now. Crack 10k once in the final episode. That'll be like the third time it's happened in the past four seasons, I think. They've got two episodes left to get just over a thousand euros. That's plausible. Yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll get it in the finale. There is a chance they might not get it, but all signs point to them cracking ten k in the finale, which means we get one more episode of Renee complaining the pot isn't over ten thousand. So it's now time for the test. Twenty questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows least goes home, except for the mole who can never go home. Penfold still has two yokers, and Renee has one. Renee is going to keep spreading, but she suspects Mariah mainly, and Charlotte, and maybe Rocky due to how relaxed she was on day 13. If he plays her Yoker, Penfold says that Renee and Rocky are top of his list. The further he brings his Yokers, the more they are worth. He plays neither. Rocky took a risk the previous episode and survived. If she's correct, she's on the right track. She's sticking with her main suspects off Renee. Mariah says that Charlotte's her mole. Her head says it's based on facts, but her heart and gut both agree with her head. Charlotte has three suspects, Penfold, Mariah, and Renee. In this phase, you should know who it is, but still spread out of necessity, which isn't a good thing. Then at the execution, Rick talks about how they used to bring in big amounts, and literally, Mariah grins. This is when I was convinced she was the mole. (laughs) Because if you watch her during that scene, she grins when he says how badly they're doing. And it's like, are you trying to be the mole here now? 
It makes them look at each other as it's the last time this final five will be together with a master mole, a future winner, and somebody who's going home today. Charlotte, Rocky, Penfold, and Renee all get green screens, and I am absolutely fucked. Because <laughs> Mariah gets the red. Goodbye, stranger. <laughs> I think unless I'm really lucky, Michelle's won the pool this year, and I'm really annoyed. <laughs> Even though it's her turn. Maybe she got executed for the potentially racist gesture. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it was an instant execution. Instant, yes. So next time everyone has a problem when they walk into a room, they spin the Wheel of Doom and there is a glider trip, which does appear to be the same challenge that I was talking about with Mole UK2 and the planes. Due to Mariah going home, my team's now just Penfold and Michelle's is still Charlotte, Renee and Rocky. No switches are used, which means we cannot change now. In the first suspicions pool, only one person, Steve, had Mariah last. Three people, Walter, me and Bindles, had her as their first. Steve and Matt are just one person away from having their top three make the final three. If Renee goes home, Matt has his final three. And if Penfold goes home, Steve has his final three as the top three. Michelle, our very own Michelle Pistenovan, has her top two left. Only Charlotte's more suspected by us than the group as a whole, with 2.33 out of 4 versus 2.67. The order is Renee on 2.08, 2.2 for us, then Penfold, 2.5, 2.53, then Charlotte, 2.67, 2.33, and Rocky, 2.75, 2.93. Mr. Saunders, who are your two suspects? We get two? We get two, yeah. I'm feeling generous. I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, mainly because Mariah went home, let's be honest. I'm (laughs) halving it. (laughs) Well, I'm convinced our dear Splinter is the winner, so I'm ruling him out for the time being. Rocky's still confusing me. And then maybe Charlotte's attempt at the sabotage was just one blatant red herring to throw everybody off. So that's going to be my two. So who was that? Uh, Charlotte and Rocky. I'm going to put... Penfold is number one. Who's number two? That's the real question. Well, if you pick if you pick Renee, we're going to be completely contrasting each other. I'm sounding like you on last week's podcast here. I don't know. What? I wasn't. I have to pick suspects. I'm talking about the mole. I will pick Renee, not because you made me, but because Mariah, if we're trusting her, went home fully suspecting Charlotte, and that should, in theory, rule Charlotte out. So, in theory. I should hopefully be covering my bases with that. And final question, who's going home? Uh, I guess, if, I think one of my two suspects will go home. <laughs> one of them all, one will be fourth place. I feel like they showed us that alliance scene because it's going to become relevant next week. And I agree, it's going to either be Charlotte or Rocky going home next week. Who would I rather see in the final? I think Charlotte goes. Yeah, I don't see Splinter being executed before the finale. Just with even if he's not the mole, everything's played out in a way that he should know who the mole is. And then if he is the mole, then he's going to be in the finale. So I feel like either way, he's going to be at the end of the game. Watch him be executed next week, of course. Yeah. The key thing is Charlotte and Renee both split on three people in this test, assuming they're telling the truth. They should still split on three people the next test. Yeah, they just split on everyone just to be safe. Hey, was, I mean, so many so, so many people were executed for going straight ticket. It only makes sense as like, hey, if they got if they if people kept getting eliminated for going on one person, maybe I should just spread and tell the final quiz. I mean, that happened in China. We had a guy make it all the way to the end by spreading until the finale. Granted, the finale had four people. 
And one thing I did forget to mention is that, according to the website at the time of recording, Charlotte is suspected by 34% of people on the official app, Penfold is 20, Renee is 27, Rocky's 90. So yeah, they're all fairly close together. Have you got anything else you want to say? Nope, I think we are good. I'm completely lost as to who the mole is as we head into our penultimate episode. To quote what I said on the final four episode of the Mexico podcast that we did, that I don't even think you were there for, I said this directly to the mole on WhatsApp, I have no idea who you are. I'm so confused. So, thank you for listening to this video's Mole 2021 recap. We'll be back next week to continue the hunt for the new Mole in Czechia. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram where we are RTV Warriors. Or you can email us and contact us at rtvwarriors.com. Logan's on Twitter at LogSubQuacky. I'm MJ Harmstone. Thank you as always to Marika for the subtitles. We'll see you next week. Peace out and just chill till the next of flavoring.